grab your Bibles, turn to Numbers chapter 16, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Stand with me while I read our text. We're going to start in verse 41. But on the next day, all the congregations of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, saying, You are the ones who have caused the death of the Lord's people. It came about, however, when the congregation had assembled against Moses and Aaron, that they turned towards the tent of meeting. And behold, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord appeared. Then Moses and Aaron came to the front of the tent of meeting, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Get away from among this congregation, that I may consume them instantly. Then they fell on their faces. Moses said to Aaron, Take your censer and put it in a fire from the altar, and lay incense on it. Then bring it quickly to the congregation and make atonement for them. For wrath has gone forth from the Lord, the plague has begun. Then Aaron took it as Moses had spoken and ran into the midst of the assembly. For behold, the plague had begun among the people. So he put on the incense and made atonement for the people. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. This morning I want to do a little something different. This is not a traditional Easter text, but that's all right. We don't, uh, we don't always do things the normal way. Uh, the truth is, I had about three texts in mind for this morning, and I didn't decide until probably uh, about 1.30 last night. I, I was up late like the handiwork of God in our hearts. There are so many great texts that we could preach on this Easter weekend. And remember, Easter weekend is not just uh, a celebration and a memorial of the resurrection. It's the weekend that we celebrate, what, Good Friday. And so Easter weekend needs to encompass in our hearts and in our minds everything that God has done from Friday to Sunday. Amen? Amen. And so this morning on this Easter Sunday, we're going to uh, not forget Friday. Okay? Let me tell you the story of what's going on in Numbers chapter 16. And after I summarize the story, we're not going to take long this morning because we're going to uh, celebrate communion together. After I summarize the story, I'm going to give you a little bit of interpretation and application before we celebrate communion together, okay? Here's the summary, and uh, maybe if you were watching TV last night, you saw Charleston Heston on, and uh, you saw the Ten Commandments. They usually play. I'm surprised they're still playing it on a major network, but you saw it last night on, uh, on TV, the Ten Commandments. It wasn't over until 11.55. Did you stay up? I stayed up. I stayed up. I couldn't remember. I used to watch it every year. I remember uh, watching it in my home growing up. And I'd say to my dad, you know, why do you watch these old movies? And now I've turned into my father. And uh, my mom called me and she told me, hey, the Ten Commandments are going to be on. And I thought, yeah. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch. There's something about documents, all these complaints. And I'm glad that it, it does. Because we seem to have our own complaints. We seem to have our own strayings from what God would have for us. But in number 16, here's where we find ourselves. We find ourselves... Where the people in the nation of Israel have a problem with God's leadership. And they have a problem specifically with God's plan. You see, God has said that among the nation of Israel there would be 12 tribes. The 12 sons of Israel. The 12 sons of Jacob. And of those 12 sons, there's a special tribe, the tribe of Levi. 
in which that tribe would be uh, tasked with the duty of performing all the rituals and all the ceremonies that surrounded, at this time, the tabernacle, the traveling temple of God. The presence of God dwelt in the tabernacle, and it was holy. And God said, it is a special thing, and he gave them detailed instructions on how to carry out the rituals and the ceremonies of God around the tabernacle. And God said to the Levites, you're not going to be a fighting people. You're going to be a people who doesn't camp to the east or the west or the north or the south of the tabernacle to guard it or to protect it. You're going to be a tribe that camps all around the tabernacle. They were, if you will, the inner circle before you reach the tabernacle. They camped all around. And among the tribe of Levi, there were several families. And of those families, there were three in particular. The Kohathites, the Gershonites, and the Maronites. Uh, Have you ever known anyone who's Jewish that has one of those names? Yeah, Kimberly and I used to babysit for a little girl whose last name was Gershon. She was from the tribe of Levi. She was a Gershonite. Okay? And her family was tasked with utensils used for the ceremonies and the rituals inside the tabernacle. And then the sons of Aaron, they were tasked with the priesthood. They were the men who went into the tabernacle, who went into the Holy and Holies, and they acted as mediator and intercessor on behalf of the whole nation. And so you see, among the tribe of Levi, there were those who had duties within. Well, they were these guys, the Kohathites. And it turns out they didn't like the job God gave them. And they wanted Aaron's job. And so in Numbers chapter 16, we see this, this, this record of events where the Kohathites and some of their followers, they come to Moses and they say, Moses, you know, are you really sure that it is only you and Aaron who are the holy ones of God? I mean, God is dwelling amongst his people. All of the congregation of Israel are holy. And so here's what they did. They said, Moses, we want to be able to go into the presence of God. We want Aaron's job. Now that's a pretty important job, and I'm not sure that the Kohathites knew what they were getting into. So here's what Moses did. Moses said, you've gone far enough in your request. And so God, we're going to bring, uh, we're going to bring a test. And we're all going to approach you, and God, you single out who are to be the leaders. You tell us and make it very clear who is going to be the ones who can approach you and who cannot. Who ha- Story goes on that Moses and Aaron, as the uh, pictures of salvation that they were, they got on their face before God and they said, God, would you destroy a whole congregation for the sin of just one or two? So God did something different. God took those people of that family... And he told everyone else in the nation of Israel, he said, get away. Get away. And as Moses instructed, at the end of his instructions, the earth opened up and it swallowed not just the Kohathites, but all of those who were with them. All of those who had aligned themselves with evil. The earth swallowed them up. And though we come to the passage that we read this morning, you would think that the rest of the nation of Israel would say, you know what, Moses, you know what, Aaron, you are God's... Holy, you are the anointed. You are the ones that God has called to be the intercessors on our behalf. Uh, We're going to stay away. But no, uh, just as we do often, uh, they were relentless in their uh, hard-heartedness. And so the congregation comes back to Moses. And instead of saying, Moses, you are right. Aaron, you are right. 
Look at what they said. Look back at our text here. Number 1641, but on the next day, this is after God had killed the family of Korah from the Kohathites. But on the next day, all the congregation of the sons of Israel, they continued to grumble against Moses and Aaron, saying, You are the ones who have caused the death of the Lord's people. They blamed it on the leaders. 42, it came about, however, when the congregation had assembled against Moses and Aaron, that they turned towards the tent of meeting, and behold, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord appeared. God is back on the scene. Then Moses and Aaron came to the front of the tent of meeting and assumed them instantly. And what does Moses and Aaron do? Once again, they fell on their faces. Moses said to Aaron, Take your censer and put it in the fire from the altar and lay incense on it. Then bring it quickly to the congregation and make atonement for them. For the wrath has gone forth from the Lord. The plague has begun. The wrath has gone forth from the Lord and the plague has begun. Now that's the story. Let me give you a little bit of interpretation and application for our day. Here's the problem with the family of Korah and here's the problem with the nation of Israel at this point. Very simple. God said do it this way. And they attempted another way. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Pretty basic, right? God said send Aaron into me. Let him offer sacrifice and I will be pleased with it. I will accept that way and that only way. You must send a mediator. You can't come in on your own. Korah and all his people, they said, surely we can go. Surely God is with us and uh, we can be in God's presence without a mediator. God swallowed them up. The congregation of Israel comes to the tent of meeting. God appears again. And God says, Moses, Aaron, look out. Grab the censer. It was an implement used to offer atonement in the tabernacle. He says, grab the censer. The plague has broken out. The wrath of God has fallen. Why? Because man has approached God on his own terms. And you can't do that. So Aaron, run. Run into the midst of the congregation. Run into the midst of the plague. Death is coming to the people. Aaron, run. And so it says, Aaron ran into the congregation. And I left a verse out earlier, and I want to show it to you now. Look at one of my favorite verses in the Old Testament. It's one of the most beautiful pictures and the most beautiful shadows of Jesus Christ in all of the Old Testament. 1648. Speaking of Aaron. So Aaron took his stand between the dead and the living so that the plague was checked. He took his stand between the dead and the living and so the plague was checked. You approach God by your own means. You approach God, sir, ma'am, in a way that you believe is appropriate, but that was not ordained by God. And the wrath of God will cry out against you. God will break out against you because of His holiness. There is a way that seems right Unto man, but the end thereof, what? 
leads to death. Application. Does this happen in our day? Has this happened through the history of mankind, or was this unique to this story? No, it happened then, and it happens every day. It's happened in every generation. In every Easter, it's going to happen again. That there will be those who feel that through some ritual task, those who maybe take part, follow me now, those who maybe take part in the ritual religious activities of the church, who believe that because they take part in those ritualistic activities that they can approach God and God says, you can't. You can't. You still have to send one in on all of your behalf. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by your rituals. Don't be fooled by your religious tasks. Don't be fooled by your attendance. Don't be fooled by your grandparents' spirituality or by your parents' spirituality. Don't be fooled into thinking that somehow you have gained access. Access comes through only one. It comes through the one who would run into the midst of the plague or other ways. Surely by my own effort, I might be able to gain access to God. And here's what our hope is, many of us, is that one day we will approach God. When we cross that final river, we will stand before God, the ultimate judge, the holy and just judge of the universe, our creator. We will stand before Him, uh, much like Cain stood before Him. And we will offer some measly offering of our own hands. What did Cain bring? Cain brought the fruit of his hands, the labor of his own sweat. He tilled the ground, he watered, he nurtured, he fertilized, he raised up an offering from his own hands and from his own work, and God said, I can't take that. Abel brought an offering. What did Abel bring? Abel brought a lamb. Abel had nothing to do with that animal. He had nothing to do with that animal. He just brought it. And God says, I'll receive that sacrifice that is not of your own doing. You know where the Kohathites are quoted in the New Testament? Jude, verse 11. It says that they have gone the way of Cain, Balaam, and Korah. Context is that they have tried their own thing and it didn't work out. Cain tried his own thing. God didn't receive it. Balaam didn't listen to God. God said, bless my people, don't curse them. Balaam ended the New Testament one time. And it says that we should not go that way. What way? We have essentially two choices, sir, ma'am. We can go God's way or we can go every other way, which God lumps into one road He calls the broad road. It's been said that all roads lead to God. And I wouldn't disagree with that. The problem is that when you get there, there's going to be a problem still. Whatever your road is, whatever road you decide to take here on earth, 
be sure, it will lead to God. But when you get there, when you get there, will it be Friday, death, or will it be Sunday, and will there be life? Folks, in this life we have the great hope of Easter. The great hope of Easter is this, that Friday was real. In all the resurrection passages of the New Testament, I find that all of the resurrection passages declare that there is proof for Friday. There is proof that one man, but someone said, run. Go into the midst of the congregation. Go where there is death. Stand between the dead and the living. And check death. Check judgment. That's what our God has done this Easter weekend. Amen? Amen. We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper here in just a moment. Preston's going to come and he's going to uh, play a song. Let me give you just a couple comments as we celebrate communion this Easter Sunday. Uh, There are very few things that we limit here at Cornerstone. You can be involved in just about anything, and you don't need to be a member. You don't need to be a regular attender. You don't need to be a giver. You don't need to be any of that. You can be involved in just about everything. But I do need to give a word of caution, word of challenge to you as we celebrate communion. God has ordained this symbol that we might partake in it as a body of Christ. And He gave instructions that we might do it so that we would memorialize what He did, so that we might remember Him, and so that we might drink deeply and think hard on Friday and Sunday. Amen? Now, if you are not in the family... If you are not a believer, I'm not saying a member of Cornerstone, let me be clear. If you have not received the one mediator, if you have not accepted the one who would go between death and life and check the plague, then this simply isn't for you. The cup and the bread are not to be taken lightly. They are to be contemplated. If you're a believer, let me give you a word of encouragement as well. If you are a believer... As we partake of this, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, I want you to count your blessings, but I also want you to count your sins. Take this opportunity to let God go through your heart with a fine-tooth comb. If there's stuff in your life, church, if there's stuff in your life, family, don't bring it to God's table unconfessed. Bring it to God's table. Don't shy away from God's table. The hope of the resurrection, the hope of the cup, and the hope of the bread is that we can come, not by our own works, but we can come with a repentant heart, with our faith in Him. So do you have sin in your life? That's fine. You come to the table and you get rid of it. And you weep over your sin. And you confess your sin. And you thank God that He has already forgiven your sin. So here's what I want you to do, church. As you get that cup and as you get that bread... I just want you to bow your head and I want you to just look into the cup and think on Friday and think on Sunday and consider the one who stood between Friday and Sunday. Consider the one who stood between death and life 
and conquered both. Amen. And you think on how He has provided a way for you and I to pass from death to life. I'm going to get the elements. We're going to pass them out. If you would, just hold on. Lord, it was you who created the heavens. Lord, it was your that put the stars in their place. Lord, it is your Your creation 